You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Not with me today, Wheels Wienerker, still recovering from his illness, even though by the time this is posted, he probably had it weeks ago. We're here to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. We got a new guest, uh, a patron, a Cardinals fan, Matthew Bryan. And listen, the first question, we got to get right to it. Uh, The breaking news from July when we're recording, although again, by the time people are hearing this, it's old, which is, you know, there was some social social media awkwardness with Kyler earlier in the offseason. And then the Cardinals gave him a massive extension and, you know, Cardinals fans are all excited to celebrate. And then immediately comes this like hilarious breaking news that the Cardinals insisted on some like Jamarcus Russell-esque clause in the contract, which requires Kyler to like do homework for four hours a day. Um, you know, tell me like as a Cardinals fan, like how did you react to the contract? How did you react to sort of the news about this clause? Well, I mean, yeah, at the beginning of the off season, um, obviously you're sort of concerned about, is he going to come back or is he going to try to force a trade or something? And then you're really excited when he comes back and then seeing the contract, it's just, I mean, it's just, you know, there's a concern level with him over, you know, how consistent is he going to be? Right. Cause obviously he's very talented and obviously he's, you know, on his best day, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but the, the concern is always his consistency. Right. And especially he tends to start the season very well and, you know, get worse as the season goes on. And, you know, I mean, I saw like a funny thing that someone posted on Twitter, right. Of like, look at how good his fantasy score is before and after call of duty releases. Right. And there's always (laughs) these concerns. (laughs) There's always these concerns about, you know, how much does he care about, you know, football, right. And how much, you know, like in the contract, right. Also saying that like, you know, if he goes and does spring training and baseball, he forfeits a certain amount of guaranteed money and all of these things that just like, that's always, at least in my mind, a concern that there is with Kyler and like seeing it in the contract means that like, obviously the team is also worried about that. So it's not like some stupid, unfounded concern that fans have. Right. And so it's, you know, just, just another thing, right. With this team that like, I think there are a lot of very good players on the team, but it's hard to me to look at that and say, oh, this is going to be a team that's going to, you know, actually like be a Super Bowl contender because there's just that level of inconsistency. And this is sort of another example of that, I guess. Yeah. It just, it, it's such an unforced error. It's just such a stupid thing to have done. In my opinion, first of all, it's, it's unenforceable, right? Like, yeah, there's, oh, absolutely. Th- th- there's no way for them to know about this. Like it, it's, and it's just like, it's just like they're humiliating themselves because they're making their franchise player look stupid there, which makes them look stupid. And just, it dampens excitement. So I just, I can't, 
possibly understand the reasoning for this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little concerning that they're like, obviously have concerns about this guy, but they're also like, we're also going to make him the second highest paid quarterback in the league, right? Like, yeah. Well, it reminds me of when Glenn Taylor, um, before he gave Andrew Wiggins the, the max extension on the Timberwolves, you know, he made a big deal about saying, I looked him in the eyes and promised and made him promise me he's going to get better. And like, but that at least like, that was stupid, but that wasn't in the contract. That was just, you know, two yeah. guys talking to each other. And like, he was made fun of for that also. Like, you're giving him the contract or you're not giving him the contract, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's where I thought we had to start because at least, you know, when we're recording that happened relatively recently. Let's talk about, I mean, you made reference to this already. Um, the last year, the New York Giants started 0-6, uh, the last winless team, and the Arizona Cardinals started 7-0, the last undefeated team. And then from that point forward, they both had identical 4-7 and records the rest of the way. And the Cardinals, you know, they got killed at home by the Panthers. And, you know, if you want to say, well, Colt McCoy was playing that game for the Cardinals, you have to point out that P.J. Walker was the quarterback for the Panthers. Um, They also got killed by Detroit. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, like, really crappy teams whose best game of the year was against Arizona. And, like, the weird thing is, like, it's two years in a row. Like, the last two years combined under Kingsbury, they're a combined 12-2 and through October 25th and then 7-13 and thereafter. And so the question is, is this small sample size bad luck? Is it something more? I mean, people talk about Kyler's sort of style of play and how it leads to more injuries and down the stretch, the hits pile up. Maybe it's Call of Duty. But, like, I don't even know if you can blame Kyler Murray's injuries because, like, you know, they went two and two in his absence last year. They are actually worse after he came back than they were, you know, when he was gone in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like everybody on the team is really good at the beginning of the year, and that slowly gets worse, right? Whether it's DeAndre Hopkins, you know, obviously he had a a pretty major You don't have to worry about him being really good at the beginning of this year. Yeah. That is true. Uh, you know, but like, even though he had like one injury, but just like, you know, he seems to just pick up everyone on the team seems to pick up these like knocks and stuff. And I think that Cliff Kingsbury is very good at like having a plan. And when that plan doesn't work, you know, he's not like at that level of, you know, the really good coaches in the league that can adapt to, you know, guys being injured or guys not being able to play the way that they did in training camp, I think. And that, you know, makes it that like, they could sort of ride the wave of being very good at the beginning of the year because, again, there's a lot of talent on the team, but they just, they, I feel like the concern, at least that I have, is just their ability to adapt over a longer period of time. And what happens if, you know, Kyler has a bad game? Well, how, how does the team adapt to that? I don't think we've really seen that over the last couple of years. Let me take a step back for a second. Talk to me like, you know, your, your background as a Cardinals fan, because the Cardinals don't have sort of historically like a huge fan base. It's sort of known that like when you have games in Arizona, forget about the Cowboys, even like when the Vikings play there, it's like 50 percent Vikings yeah. fans. Um, well, I have got a very weird fad story. So I'm from Portland, Oregon. And essentially, I just um, when I was like a very small child, like six, seven, I used to hate when people would say the Seahawks are the hometown team. Because I'm like, they're not the hometown team. And like seven-year-old me couldn't understand that like people just want to have a team to root for. And so I would just go like all these adults and I'd be like, no, you're stupid. They're like, you know, three hours away. And so. And like Washington, Oregon is sort of are like, you know, rivals a little bit. Exactly. Right. It's like as a kid, I didn't understand like why you'd want to be a Seahawks fan. And so I just would root for all of the other NFC West teams and just always root for the Seahawks to lose. Mm. (laughs) And then when I was like eight was when the Cardinals went like to the Super Bowl and had that like crazy playoff run. And so like when you're eight years old, like Larry Fitzgerald was the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. And I mean, so, th- that was probably the greatest postseason run by a receiver in history. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, and then that was when I was like really getting into football and I was like, Larry Fitzgerald was the coolest guy in the world. And so 
you know, I just sort of became a Cardinals fan because like of that. And then obviously that's like, you know, one of the best seasons they've had entire life you know bad bad time to get in on them i guess but well i mean relative to their you know history as a whole this is probably the best time to get in on them yeah that's true uh, you know and, and that's one of the weird things like this is a franchise that they've made the playoffs six times in the last 40 years and so you know any year that this team makes the playoffs should be deemed a big success but after last season the word that came up in every quote from coaches players Bidwill, like every fans is what a failure, what a failure. This season was yeah. such a failure. And obviously it's the expectations that, you know, were risen by the seven and zero start. But I guess my question is like, do you think that Kingsbury, you know, could be out of a job at the end of the season? Uh, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, I think that, like I said, like, I think that Kyler is like definitely at least in the quest conversation for a top 10 quarterback. I think that you can't be having the type of end to a season you have with a top 10 quarterback and be expected to stick around to year five of a contract. I mean, you know, like, 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 I don't think that Kingsbury, like, is like as horrible as, you know, some people think he is or like, oh, he just sort of failed upwards. But I just think that they we've seen over the last two years that he can't put a consistent season together. And like, you know, that's that's the issue of this team. I think that, yeah, I mean, if they have a horrible season, he's probably definitely out of a job. But I think even if they have a similar season to last season, like you're just kind of treading water, right? It's going to be three years in a row. Obviously, the Cardinals just missed the playoffs last year or whatever in 2020 and then obviously just made the playoffs in 2021 i think that if they're in a similar situation again i think that there's not a reason to keep him around for year five like you've seen what he can do and if he can't improve in four years i don't think why you'd expect him to get better in five years and i don't think that you want to just be treading water when you have a you know top 10 quarterback in the league you want to be challenging for playoff wins and going deeper into the playoffs. So what are the number of wins that the Cardinals need this year for Kingsbury to keep his job? Um, I think probably they need to win a playoff game. Okay. So, I, I mean, I guess if they're like the one seed and like, you know, Tyler, you know, has a horrible injury in the first play of the playoffs. Sure. Maybe yeah, not. I mean, there's exceptions, but yeah. But, but I think that, you know, I think they need to win a playoff game this year. So I if, think if they go 11 and six again and lose 34, 11 in the first round, he's done. Probably. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, I mean, that means that the, the odds are stacked against them because you know, they're over under is, uh, I think it's eight and a half or nine and a half, depending on where you see it. But, yeah, um, but, but, but I, 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 I think, I think if he wins, you know, nine games and they, they're the third wild card and they win a game, I think he's fine, you yeah. know? So you need a playoff win. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this team on paper should be a really exciting team. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt. I mean, obviously he's just a big name. He's not very good at this point, but they have a host of huge names. They should be one of the most exciting teams in the NFL. Like, you know, the, the, um, the Hail Mary, uh, it, it, the previous season, uh, you know, from, from the, the Hail Murray, excuse me, from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins was one of the most exciting moments of that season. But like somehow the vibe I'm kind of getting um, from you and just from the team in general is like, they're almost a little bit past their peak. And part of that is, you know, look, Nook, he's now in his thirties. He had a bad season. He spent the first six games of this year. Um, so, you know, you know, they lost Chandler Jones, JJ, uh, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Phillips, a lot of guys on defense. Um, JJ Watt, as we said, is not anything of what he was supposed to be. Um, they, they sort of got roasted. They, they made a big trade for Marquise Brown, who's a good wide receiver, but then like the Raiders got Devonte Adams for who's much better yeah. for much less. And that looked like a not great trade. And, and also Christian Kirk signs his massive free agent contract. So like Brown is at best, like a lateral move. Um, and so, you know, Nook gone for six games, like this team always needs to start hot. Well, how are they going to do that with, 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 they don't have their, their number one wide receiver. 
Um, they also lost Chase Edmonds, who's, you know, I think their best running back. Although, you know, James Conner was great for fantasy last year because he got a lot of touchdowns. But, um, you know, uh, it seems to me like this is a team that like you, you should want to be excited about. But like, it just seems like it's a team that's like giving a lot of reasons to be nervous right now. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was very excited last year and then watching everything that happened last year, it sort of takes the wind out of your sails. They can't, you know, be consistent for an entire season. Right. And they're good at the beginning of the year and they're bad, you know, when it matters, right. They're bad in the playoffs, you know, and they were bad, obviously, you know, two years ago with, you know, they lost on the last game of the season when they needed to win to get in the playoffs. And so, you know, there's a certain level of just that disappointment. You're like, this team seems worse than the team has been the last two years. And that's a concern when, they were not able to like, you know, be competitive in the playoffs the last two years when I think they were a better team than they are now. So there's a little bit of a concern that way, right? That they're, they're not getting significantly better. And in, on some ways, you know, on defense, especially with the front seven, they're getting, you know, possibly worse with some of the guys they lost. So. Yeah. And you know, the division is letting up a little bit from how tough it's been the last few years because Seattle is, you know, yeah. no longer a relevant entity but the Rams and the 49ers are still, you know, good competitive playoff caliber teams. And so, you know, you don't get any breaks in the schedule. Um, let, 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 let's start with the offense. So with, with Nook gone, uh, I mean, I mean, AJ Green's corpse is back and I guess he's starting opposite Marquise Brown and then Rondell Moore, who's always sort of yeah. potential that, you know, he shows it for, you know, a couple plays, you know, every, uh, every month, but hasn't really shown it yet. Although Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz was great when he, I mean, he yeah. comes in a mid season and put up like, you know, great stats, especially for a, a mid season acquisition. Um, they still have some weapons. Um, I mean, what's your biggest concern with this offense? Um, I mean, I think that, you know, beginning of the season without DeAndre Hopkins, like, like, like AJ Green was actually pretty good just in the fact that like, because people were focusing on everyone else, right? Like he was able to yeah. get touchdowns and stuff. Like if he's going to have to sort of be the number one, at least the number one name on there and the number one guy that people know, like I don't think he's going to be able to be productive. And so that's a concern is just without Hopkins, like, you know, who's getting the majority of the catches. And I don't know if there's any name on there that really makes me so excited about that. Obviously, I think Zach Ertz is probably, you know, the best of the skill position players, but like you can't rely on a tight end to really be your number one guy if you're a good team, right? Like obviously, yeah, the Falcons last year had their, you know, had, but like the, the Falcons were bad last year, so it doesn't matter, yeah. right? You know, like if you're trying to be competitive, you need to have a receiver that you really trust to be the number one guy. And there's not one that I see with Hopkins out. So that's at least my concern for the start of the season. And then obviously, like, you know, you see that Hopkins, you know, two years in a row, he's sort of fallen off a cliff, obviously getting a later start. Maybe that'll help him be better later in the season. But like, that's always a concern with the way he's played the last two years is he's, you know, starts hot and falls off a cliff like you know, even if he's, you know, falls off a cliff, you know, in the playoffs instead of, you know, week 12 or whatever, like that's still a problem. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You know, their receivers, AJ green three years ago would have been like a no doubt hall of famer. I think he made the pro bowl his first eight seasons in Cincinnati. Yeah. And then just completely fell off a cliff there, came to Arizona and was actually better last year than he was the previous year in Cincy for sure. Um, but you know, not, not, not exactly a dynamic receiver down the field at this stage in his career. And no, he's much more of like a red zone threat in terms sure, of he can, yeah. Catch the ball still, but not really running so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his hands are still good. Um, Nook, it just, it, it's, it's tough to, to predict because, you know, banged up and, and not so great last season. 
And now the six game suspension. Also, how much did those PDs affect his performance? I don't know the answer to yeah. that. And when he comes back, what kind of condition is he going to be in? You know, so there's a lot of question marks there. Um, let's talk about the defense for a second. So we, we touched upon it briefly. They, you know, they, they lost, they lost a bunch of starters, Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Phillips, uh, Hicks to, to the, uh, to the Vikings. Where, 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 did, where did this defense improve from last season? I mean, I think that's, that's the issue, right? That every move looks like at best it's a lateral move, right? Like on paper, sort of, you know, as a fan, you look and you say this team got worse, but like a lot of the, you know, Cardinals beat reporters and the team sources and stuff say that the team is as good as it was last year, but there's nothing that really stands out as even that like the team is saying that they got better. Right. So I think that it's hard to look and find, you know, find anything that says this team is going to be better on defense because the team doesn't even think they're better on defense. Yeah. And, and obviously the problem when you say as good as last year, which last year do you mean the first half of the second yeah. half, since it was so dramatically different. Um, the um, with Chandler Jones's departure, the only, uh, you know, pass rush, the only guy they have with more than four sacks last year is Marcus Golden. So where's the pass rush coming from? Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the hope is that, you know, JJ Watt recovers, but I think that's a little bit of a pipe dream in terms of that. He's ever going to be, you know, a primary pass rush guy. Um, I think that they're, they're trying to, um, you know, do some stuff with like, you know, Simmons and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's nobody on the team that is a proven pass rusher other than JJ Watt, but obviously he's past his prime. Right. So that's, that's really what the concern is. Right. Because you see a lot of, you know, things saying, Oh, Hey, this is, you know, here's the, here's this guy who's going to be good, but like, you know, there's not anything that, nobody that's proven and that's, you know, a concern, right? Because obviously pass rush is a huge part of the game. You want somebody, at least as a fan, you want somebody that you know is going to be actually there, you know, who proven and is going to be able to, you know, achieve at a high level and not just like, we hope that they're going to achieve at a high level. Yeah. It's funny. There's a, there's a guy in my long-term fantasy league, um, who we like to make fun of that he always drafts guys who are like superstars five years ago because he's chasing their name when they're <laughs> past their prime. Uh, and we joke that like he he buys like super old fantasy magazines that you know aren't even published anymore, and that's what he's <laughs> drafting off of. Other than Kyler, I mean, that sort of represents a lot of this team. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt, obviously the most prominent examples of that, and AJ Green, I guess. But like Zach Ertz, you know, even James Conner, like a lot of guys who were really good a couple of years ago. Yeah. And um and then and then Kyler, obviously young and dynamic, trying to hold it all together. Um, by the way, I, I see that um, Trace McSorley is, is the third string quarterback. Yeah, I don't know if I could tell the difference between Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley if they were in a, like if they wore each other's uniforms. Yeah, no, if, if they were in a lineup, I'd be like, yeah. who's that? I couldn't yeah. Tell you. Um, yeah, so you sound sort of um, relatively down on this team. Let's talk about the draft. Obviously, they traded the first pick for Marquise Brown. Um, the second pick, they took Trey McBride, a tight end, even though, you know, they just traded for Ertz last season. Like, you know, what was your feeling on the draft? Who's the rookie that you expect to will uh, be the most important rookie on this team this year? Um, I mean, I really do like McBride. Like you said, I think it's a little bit of a weird pick just because of the fact that Zach Ertz is probably the best, you know, skill position guy that it seems a little weird to get him. Um, but I mean, I mean, that's sort of another issue with this team is that like, there's nobody in the draft that I'm like, you know, super, super excited for, um, 
you know, other than um, McBride, but obviously like that's not a guy who's going to be contributing to the team on day one, right? He's going to be, you know, a guy for whenever Zach Ertz is no longer the um, guy. I mean, you know, um, Cameron, Cameron Thomas is maybe a guy who probably I think has the most potential to sort of be contributing on day one. He's an outside linebacker just because like, there's nobody who's proven to be the to do the pass rush from the outside linebacker position. So he's probably the guy who I think could probably start, you know, be the, be the first starter. Um, and they play a three, four, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but I mean, other than that, it's a lot of guys who, again, when you sort of read the draft grade, the people that grade the draft say, Oh, it's a, you know, B plus draft or whatever, but it's a lot of like B plus, like these guys are all, you know, people that they took, you know, like they were all sort of steals of people that like should be really good later. But like, I think Thomas is probably the only guy who's going to be, you know, potentially in the starting lineup on week one. Well, and and what is the front office's goal here? Because are they win now, which is what you said Kingsbury needs to do. And obviously with a lot of the veterans they need to do, or is this a team that says, Hey, listen, we have Kyler locked up for the long term. He's a young quarterback. And, you know, we're focused on the next five years, not just 2022. Uh, I mean, I think probably, they're like one more year in win now mode, right? Like if they can, you know, if they can be successful this year, if they can win a playoff game, then, you know, there's her to stay in that. But I think, again, if, if they don't win a playoff game this year, I think it's very likely that Kingsbury is gone and that they go sort of in full rebuild mode. And I think that the draft is a little bit of a hedge on that, that these guys that are not going to be contributing this year, but, you know, because like theoretically, right, this team on paper, you know, is probably good enough to be the, you know, second or third wild card and contending for a playoff win. But, you know, obviously like the last two years have shown us that like what this team on paper is doesn't mean anything necessarily come, come playoff time. Right. And so I think this draft is a little bit of a, a hedge because I think if they don't, if they don't achieve what they want to do this year, I think they're probably going to sort of cut their losses with Kingsbury and stuff and move on and probably, you know, get rid of a lot of these aging guys who, you know, can't contribute, but you don't, you know, you don't want AJ green on a rebuilding team, right? You want him yeah. on a team that's trying to contend for the super bowl. So they go to a rebuild. Obviously they're keeping Kyler. I assume who, yeah. what are all the, uh, the other key building blocks? If, if worst case scenario, this team bottoms out this year and they start over next year. Um, I would say, um, you know, Simmons on defense, you know, obviously he had like a slow start because they didn't want to play him out of a position or whatever. I don't know. It was a little weird. Uh, I think, you know, Buda Baker uh, obviously is probably the best guy on that defense. So if you can keep him and, you know, build or build around him a little bit, that's something that, you know, I'd be interested in. Obviously, you know, Buda Baker already at 26, though, that's a little bit of a concern for, you know, how much you want to yeah. Although safeties can play, it. you know, into yeah. their 30s. So, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, again, I, 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 assuming he stays healthy, which obviously he has yeah. done well. So I would say that he is probably the biggest key on defense going on, uh, just going forward. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Isaiah Simmons, assuming that he gets involved in this team more, like he's definitely a guy who I want to see involved more because he's good whenever he plays. He just, you know, really hasn't played a whole lot, which, Obviously, there's some concern there of why is he not playing more, but um, I mean, I think that he could be a piece that you want to, you know, really be building around. But 
Um, let me ask you a question. You meant you mentioned at the top that you uh, started as an anti Seahawks fan of the whole NFC West. Give me your give me your quick preview on on the, on the Rams and the 49ers. I guess we'll start with the 49ers. They're you know starting a new quarterback who we've never yeah. seen before. But this is a team that has high expectations on the rest of the roster. What what's what's your feeling on the 49ers? Um, I mean, I think that the 49ers like their their well, roster. What's your feeling on Lance? First of all. I mean, yeah, well, that that's the, you know, that's, million that, dollar question, yeah, exactly. there, right? Yeah. You know, if, if, if I knew how good Lance was going to be, you know, I could make a lot of money. But what's uh, your gamble. hunch? Um, I always I like he, having hunches when you're division, like uh, Justin Fields, I immediately decided was going to be terrible for the Bears. And I might be proven wrong, but that's I, I stuck my flag in the sand. Uh, he's going to be a bust for the Bears, I've decided. So, yeah, I think he's not going to be as good as the 49ers think he's going to be. OK. And then how, what kind of cap does that put on their season or, or are they so good elsewhere that they can still be a contender with it, with a mediocre season from him? Um, I mean, I think that they're probably going to be in a similar position to the Cardinals, obviously a different situation because their roster outside of quarterback, you know, as Akiva would say, two to 53, very good, much better than the Cardinals, I would say in a lot of ways. But I think that unless you have Lance playing, you know, at an elite level, this team is going to struggle to, you know, achieve more than they did last year. Right. Like, I don't think Lance is going to be this huge, amazing upgrade on, on Jimmy G. Like, you know, some people in sort of the 49ers world think he's going to, you know, just all of a sudden be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I just, I have a hard time, you know, having that. It's not going to be Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't or at least think not so. right away. Yeah. I mean, I think that obviously Lance like has a lot of potential, like, you know, nobody would, everyone would be, you know, making fun of them for drafting them so high if he didn't have the potential. But I just think that there's a reason that he didn't, you know, come in and start last year like they said he was going to do, right? They said he was going to come in and switch out after the bye week or whatever. That didn't happen, right? Like, that shows me that he's not as good right now as they thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then what about the Rams? The Rams, obviously a good team. They have a lot of talent, but they kind of remind me of the Warriors in the sense that, like, a good team and, you know, deserve a champion, but sort of everything had to break perfectly right for them to win. Yeah. I think that I'm, I think they're probably going to be a playoff team this year, but I would be very surprised if they were to repeat the Super Bowl win. Just again, not that they're bad, but just that there are a lot of teams that are better than them and that, you know, yeah, they, they, they I mean, obviously they had a very good off season, but also, you know, it helped that, you know, they were playing the Bengals in the Super Bowl, right? Like that was not the best team they could have played there. And they still, you know, struggled on that. Like, I think that they're going to be, I think they're going to be the best team in the division again this year, but I think that that's not going to, it's not going to account for as much because I think that, you know, you know, they're not going to be, you know, guaranteed to be, you know, in the conference championship game, even I think that they'll be, you know, sort of, you know, get there, you know, sort of be lucky to get there. But I think that they're probably going to be right around, you know, the, Team that, teams that probably should be in the divisional round and maybe winning there. You know, the the NFC West is such a strange division because in the early part, like in, in, in the early aughts, it was like the worst division. And, and you know, you'd have like a seven and nine team or whatever winning the division, uh, yeah. you know, a couple of years. And then for most of the last decade, it was in the conversation for the best division, sort of maybe what the AFC West is now with usually at least two or three good teams, if not four. But uh, Seattle is at the bottom right now. The Rams are probably this year is probably the end of their window because, you know, they really leveraged to, to get that ring, which they got last year. And then Arizona, other than Kyler, you've talked about, you know, might be in a rebuilding mode. And so this division might, you know, flip again dramatically in the next year or two. Um, but, you know, for, yeah. for this year, I think it's still one of the better divisions because it has three 
you know, playoff caliber teams, presumably, even if, uh, even if Seattle's trash, why don't we uh, look at the schedule and, uh, and see uh, w- where Arizona's going to get their wins and their losses from this season. Um, you start in week one at home against Kansas city, not an easy way to start the season. Yeah. And, and prob- by the way, I'm looking like the first month is, you know, the first five weeks are pretty difficult for a team who usually likes to start hot and does not have DeAndre Hopkins to start. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's not, not a great, the schedule. Although, look, the, the not whole schedule. Of, this is a tough schedule all the way through. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's always tough, obviously, you know, that they were, you're facing the you know, AFC West, which is the toughest division, as yeah. we said. And then, uh, then obviously as the, as the second place team in their, yeah. in their division last year, that doesn't, doesn't help. Right. That like, I think the 49ers have just that little bit of an easier schedule, which is going to maybe put them above just because like they were the third team last year. Uh, yeah, I think probably a loss to the Chiefs, though, unfortunately. Okay. And then uh, week two, you uh, go to Las Vegas. Not too far of a flight. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's that probably should be a win. I mean, if that's not a win, I think that there's major alarm bells ringing if they're losing to the Raiders in week two. All right, then you come home, face the uh, defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take us probably to split with the Rams on the season, so I'll take a win here. Um Okay, so two and one, and then you go at Carolina. And that, that should be a win. Three and one, and then uh, you play Philly at home in week five. Um, that's, yeah, that's probably a win as well. All right, so four and one. So a, a third straight heart st- hot start for Cliff Kingsbury and Arizona. And so people are feeling pretty good. They're four and one, and then you go at Seattle in week six. And this is probably going to be a loss because it seems like when the car, when the Seahawks are good, the Cardinals always beat them to ruin their season. And so the Seahawks will probably return the favorite this time and get a win here. Okay. But still you go four and two and then week seven, you get nook back for Thursday night, short rest playing the saints. Yeah. I think that they, they should beat the saints. I think that it'll be nice to have, you know, Hopkins be like, I mean, I guess in theory, you know, obviously who knows what he'll be physically, but I think if he is, you know, very, very, you know, if he's fully healthy coming in at the middle of the season, that might be, you know, a good way for him to not fall off a cliff so fast, I guess, this year. All right. So five and two. And you have your first early game of the season starting at, uh, I guess, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern or 11 o'clock uh, Mountain Time in Arizona. Right. And, and for yeah. you, I guess, 10 o'clock in Oregon against the Vikings in Minnesota. Yeah, it's probably going to be a loss. I think that Cardinals and Vikings are at a very similar level in my head. I think that, you know. They had the a travel. phenomenal game last year until the uh, final second. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. All right. So five and three. And then uh, you come home, you face Seattle again, try and to get some revenge. Yeah. Beat the Seahawks in the second game. Okay. Six and three. And then you face, um, you go to Los Angeles to face the Rams. Yeah. And that's, that's a loss. All right. Six and four. And then you play the 49ers. Is this one in Mexico? On Monday night football? Uh, yeah. Mexico City, I think. Yep. So in the mountains, Mexico City, six and four, Arizona, probably six and four, something like that. San Francisco, huge game. Yeah, uh, and I probably I'll give, the, give this one to the Cardinals. Um, all right. So, and I see. So you have eight games at home, eight games on the road, and then the uh, the uh, game in in Mexico, which technically counts yeah. as a home game, but which uh, you know kind of sucks when you have to give up your uh, home game for an international game. But although the Cardinals don't have the, the biggest home field advantage, so. Yeah. Okay, so big win there, seven and four, and then you come back uh, six days later. You face the Chargers at home. That's probably a loss. All right, so seven and five, a late bye week in week thirteen. So uh, you're enter December fully refreshed and with uh, you know uh, some hard games. You got three road games, a couple of hard matchups here as you try to make a playoff push. So it starts on Monday Night Football. Um, what is this? Uh, Sixteen days since your last game or whatever it is against yeah. the Patriots. 
and that should be a win. I think that, you know, the Cardinals are the better team. And if you can't win on it, you know, after a bye week against a team, you're worse than that's, that's no good. All right. So eight and five. And then um, at Denver, Russell probably Wilson, a- you're bet noir, right? Because you hate the, yeah. Yeah. all right. So that's a loss at eight and six come home in Sunday night football. A lot of national TV games for this team. Uh, eight and six playing uh, Tom Brady. If he's still standing at 44 years old in the bucks. That's probably a loss. All right. So eight and seven. Now you're in a little bit of trouble. Um, although on New Year's, you go at Atlanta, only your second one or early game. And, you know, uh, one of the easier games on the schedule. Yeah, that, that should be a win. OK, so that makes you nine and seven. And then you got to go in San Francisco for the final game of the season. Quite possibly a, uh, a game where you need to win to make the playoffs. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give us this win. Just, you know, revenge wow, sweep from the two- 49ers. Yeah. 10 and seven make the playoffs presumably at that point. Yeah. As a wild card, or do you think 10 and seven can win the division? I think it, it you, might be close, but I have think... swept San Francisco. So you got the tiebreaker there. Um, I don't know what the Rams will have done, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it just depends on obviously like there are some question marks about, you know, can the Rams be as good as they were last year? If they are, then that's probably a wild card spot, but it could be for, for, for the <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.